And I want to minister for a few minutes from the word of the Lord from a very unusual portion of scripture, Psalms 127. One of the great phenomena of our generation was a series, I'm told, that was shown on television called Roots. To the surprise of uh, everyone that uh, was in the uh, media, uh, this film that uh, ran for several uh, uh, weeks series on television, looking back to the uh, to the forefathers of the African people who became the Negroes of America broke all records, set records, and, and was one of the great phenomena of our generation to see the public interest, and it captivated an entire nation. The reason for that is that there is resident this morning in the human spirit a desire for a linking with the present to the past. Requisite in the human heart is a drive and a motivation for continuity. This is why in the world today one of the, strong, the strongest urges of interest that there is is in the interest of the family. I picked up a a uh, little weekend magazine out of the newspaper last, uh, then last weekend. And in one small insert in the Sunday paper, there were no less than five different articles on the family, some facet of the family. Perhaps you do not fully realize it this morning, but inside the human heart, there is a necessity, there is a requisite, there is a desire, there is a motivation, there is a drive for continuity and linking with the past. There is something powerful about you and I that unless we have a linking with the past, we are rootless, we are unstable, and it vitally affects how we live in the world around us. Something exciting is happening in the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is that the Church is rediscovering and re-implementing and ministering anew. The subject of the family, as that pertains to the physical family, and also as those principles apply into the family of God upon earth, linked to the family of God in heaven. And so I want to minister, and at first glance you may not fully comprehend, but I want to share with you from Psalms 127. I'd like to read that entire psalm aloud in unison together. Psalms 127, beginning with verse 1. Except the Lord... Except the Lord keep the city... The watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. 
Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies. I want to minister this morning from this psalm on the subject of family. We first want to examine the importance from this passage of Scripture of perpetuation. Much of our generation uh, of young people has a lone ranger mentality. In other words, this is a world that just depends on you and I. We draw, jump on our horse and ride off into the sunset shouting, high old silver, away. And that's the mentality of this generation. When children are of age of 18, where they're responsible and the, and the drive comes upon them to live home, they generally, in our generation, break their roots and go out and do their own thing. And that's the mentality of American family. And I have some quotes that might just enter us along this line. Uh, one young person said, Don't bother me with the old rubbish, but get with it. Tell me quickly what is alive now. History begins with me and my world. The past is just a lot of nonsense. Grothy said everyone believes in his own youth. That the world began to exist only with his own coming. And that in reality, everything exists on his account. Shakespeare said, young blood doth not receive an old decree. And Mark Twain said, when I was 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. See, the Bible this morning in this passage of Scripture makes a powerful declaration. If we were shift off of the negative declaration there and look at the positive aspect of what is declared, the Bible makes a powerful de declaration and it says, The Lord builds the house. House doesn't mean that the Lord is busy with a with a hammer and nails and two-by-fours and bricks, and he's building houses. That's not what God's business is. But that word literally means the members of a family who are living together, including the servants, and who recognize one head. And so positively this morning, we can say from this declaration of the Word of God, it is the Lord who builds the family not only is it the Lord who builds the family, but God's motivation and God's desire and His ministry is aimed at building the family. There's something important about perpetuation. Our culture has very little grasp of what I'm talking about this morning. Looking back into the, New, uh, the Old Testament, rather, there's a very important revelation of what I'm talking about. God made provision for perpetuation. And he said, if a man is married to a woman and her husband die and leave no seed for perpetuation, that, he, that, her, that his brother, this man's brother, is bound by law to take this woman to his wife and therefore perpetuate the name of his brother. That's a very interesting statement. 
And it's very strange to our culture. It's very strange to our mentality. But it's in the Word of God. And there's something powerful there that you and I do not see. And our culture has little grasp of what is there. If a man refused to do this, he was brought in the gate. There before the elders of the city, the woman was brought before him. He made a public declaration, I will not take this woman to my wife. They loosed his shoe off of his foot, and the woman spit before him in disgrace. And from that moment, that man was a marked man among his people. He was publicly disgraced, and he was known publicly as the man who had his shoe loosed from off his foot. You see, there's something about perpetuation that God this morning is interested in. We have the son of Judah named Er. He had a wife whose name was Tamar. He had a brother whose name was Selah, I believe. Selah. Onan, rather. Onan did not want to raise up speed unto his brother violated this principle of perpetuation, and the Bible says that God slew him. And then it carries on another interesting discourse about Judah and his relationship with the younger son and Tamar's struggle to obtain perpetuation. In the story of Boaz and Ruth, we find that same principle running through that Ruth, who was married to the son of Naomi, when they came back into the promised land, her husband having been died, then there came a responsibility under the next of kin to take her because there was no seed raised up and to perpetuate the family seed. There's something powerful in God's Word. There's something important in God's Word that has to do with perpetuation, and our generation has missed entirely in the family understanding of the importance that there is in perpetuation. The curse of our generation is procreation without perpetuation, or in other words, men who father children but will not take the responsibility of the perpetuation that God lays upon them as they procreate or bring children into the world. That's one of the most prominent curses of our generation. And this mentality... This mentality that we have no responsibility for perpetuation. We simply are creatures that can procreate without taking responsibility of perpetuation has even affected the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this principle and the breakdown of this robs of something that's very valuable. It robs of a force that enriches the community. There's something about the principle of perpetuation in family. When family is perpetuated from generation to generation, as the family name is carried, the family interest is carried, there's something powerful that enriches the entire community and family. And when that fails, there's a powerful deterrent to sin that breaks down People can sin with impunity. They can sin without reproach because they say, I'm going to sin. It doesn't bother anybody but me. I can just sin with impunity. It's nobody's business but mine. The reason for that is, is they do not understand this powerful truth about family and perpetuation and the importance of the perpetuation of family. One of the, the, the troubles that we have in the moral realm 
today is because of the breakdown of understanding of this tremendous principle of perpetuation. One of the problems we have with justice, one of the problems we have with faith, one of the problems that we have in the spiritual realm roots back into this very principle that I'm talking about is we do not realize the importance of perpetuation, but the Lord is interested in building the family. Now, Naboth and his vineyard is an excellent illustration from the Old Testament of what we're trying to say this morning. Naboth had a vineyard. That vineyard was a very nice vineyard, but I doubt seriously it was the only vineyard in Israel that was desirable. But King Ahab had a desire for that vineyard. He came to Naboth and said to Naboth, I want to buy your vineyard. Naboth said, Nay, it is not lawful for me to sell it, because this is the inheritance of my fathers. It has been in the family. And Naboth realized something, that family is an important facet, and that perpetuation in family is far more important than material wealth, and he would not sell. Now, Naboth lived in a time of the breakdown of national family life, he lived in a time when Jezebel and Ahab were ungodly. They dishonored the living God of Israel, and, uh, and, they, and family was disintegrating. Moral fiber was breaking down. Families were, were being broken down. But Naboth understood something powerful. He understood the importance of family. He understood the importance of perpetuation. And he said, this is more valuable than money. I will not dishonor my family, my roots, but I will retain that which belongs to my family. You see, this morning, as we're here in this place, the Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. We studied this morning concerning the prodigal son. The horror of the prodigal son. The terror of the prodigal son, the awful anguish of the prodigal son, is not that he went and lay with some chickies. It isn't that he wasted his money in riotous living and was boozing. That was bad, but that was not the terror of the parable. The terror of the parable was that the prodigal son rose up and violated the the principle of family, he rose up and violated the principle of perpetuation and in rebellion against his father and rebellion against God and in rebellion against this tremendous principle of perpetuation in family, he followed self-interest and went out to do his thing. That's the terror of the prodigal son. It wasn't the sin that he committed. That was bad enough. But the great sin was against the family. See, this morning, there's something very important that is discovered in family, and the Bible says there's something important concerning perpetuation, not simply having children, but the perpetuation within the family of the family understanding and of the family name, and it is important in the kingdom of God. It has spiritual ramifications, as we'll get to in a moment. 2 Samuel 18.18 talks about Absalom. This was David's third son by one of his wives. And it says, Now Absalom in his lifetime 
had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name, and it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Here is that terrible drive within a man's spirit. For perpetuation, Absalom had no son, and he said, I'm going to rear up a pillar that my name may be had in remembrance, but, beloved, this morning a monument is no substitute for what I'm talking about, the perpetuation of the family, and a pillar is no substitute for that principle or that joy or that blessing, which is the importance of perpetuation. Secondly, I want you to see something else from the Word of God. I want you to see the heritage that lays in perpetuation. Now, there's no spirituality in having lots of kids. <laughs> Amen. The wives are all nervous this morning. And husbands, too. No spirituality in having lots of babies. But, there is a principle in the Word of God that is important we need to examine, and that is that in the Word of God we are clearly understood that there's something about having children that is the blessing of the Lord, and when we find barrenness in the Word of God, and there is no perpetuation of family, we find that is a result uh, of, a, of a curse generally, and at the very best it is a public reproach, and those that are caught up in that syndrome want to remove it from their lives, because there's something powerful about perpetuation in the family of God. We have several examples of this. We have... In the Word of God, a man named Eli. Eli was a priest in the house of God. Eli failed to discipline his family. His two sons, Hophni and Phineas, were committing adultery and were immorality and disgraced the, 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 the family of God. Not only did they disgrace Eli's family, but they disgraced the family of God. And God spoke through the child Samuel and said, I'm going to cut off. The family of Eli, he'll never see an old man in his family. And the word came in fulfillment of the judgment because of the violation of the principle of family and because of the curse that came upon Eli's household. It is written in the Word of God that God cut off the family of Eli. Here is Michael. She is David's wife. She looks out one day when David is bringing back the ark of God into the midst of the people. He's rejoicing. He's out in a linen ephod. He's dancing before the Lord with all of his might. He's just having a time. Oh, he's so happy. He's just cutting a rug. Michael looks out and said, who's that idiot out there? That's my husband. David comes in that night and she says to him, you surely did make a wonderful picture for our family today. He said, what do you mean? I saw you out there dancing unashamedly before all the maidens of Israel in your nighties. He said, I was dancing before the Lord 
who chose me above your father and has anointed me and has made me a part of his family and I was rejoicing in worship and glorifying God and singing his praises. I did it before him. And the scripture says that Michael despised him in her heart. And from that moment, God sealed her womb and she had no more offspring and she bore them not because, my friend, there's something powerful here. There is a heritage in perpetuation. Absalom, in his life, bore no children. Absalom, it is revealed in Scripture, was out of favor with God. There was something wrong with a man's heart. He was a beautiful person to look upon. He was a million-dollar personality. He was one that had great favor with the people, but he had no favor with God. And the Scripture says that his household was cursed and he bore no offspring. Now, there's a critical foundation for truth here in the Word of God, both physically and spiritual. The Bible says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live, thou mayest live long upon the earth. Now here we see something in the heritage of perpetuation. There is found in this verse of Scripture, brought in with Ephesians uh, 6, 1 through 3, and other passages of Scripture, an understanding of a tremendous truth that there is a linking together of the generations in the plan of God, and you and I as physical beings upon earth have in family something imparted unto us that God is working through an eternal principle and unfolding an eternal revelation, and that eternal revelation is resident in family, but that family does not stand alone in its own generation, but there's a linking of the generation. Now, if we do not understand this, we lose something very powerful, we lose something very beautiful, we lose something that's very critical. There's something critical to continuity. Lest the present is linked to the past in God's purposes, there's a valuable element of balance and perpetuation that is lost in the family of God. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. Because there's a tremendous motivation in you and I because of the blessing of God that comes upon us, because you and I are the children of revival, you and I are the children of prophecy, you and I are having prophecy fulfilled in us, we become children of uh, the mighty outpouring of God's Spirit, and if we're not careful, we forget of the linking of the generations in the past with the present, with the future, and we begin to think of ourselves only as the generation of the present. There's something powerful in continuity. There's something powerful in the Word of God that He intends that in continuity there's a linking together with the present, with the past, and with the future in the plan and the purposes of God. Psalms 145.4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. See, Paul related. His generation, Paul was an apostle of God. 
He was one that was moved by the Spirit of God. He was in the cutting edge of God's revival for his day, but he was careful to lay a groundwork and an understanding that there's a relationship and a responsibility that his generation bore to the forefathers that had gone before him, linking the present with that which was to come. In Hebrews, he says, Seeing, therefore, we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He begins to link the present generation of God's revelation. He links the present generation of God's redemption. He links the present generation of God's power and moving. And he looks back into the past. Those men and women of God that had died for the testimony of the faith and had lived honorably. And he says, these now are as if we were in a great arena and these are in the stands looking down while you and I now are the present participants in the warfare, in the race, and they're looking down upon us because they without us shall not be made perfect. He says, we labor on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And it was Paul who said that the parents lay up for the children. Anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? We were in a restaurant, Pastor Johnson and myself, recently. And a local pastor came in. And I said, have you met Greg Johnson? He's associate pastor working with me now. And he said, no, I don't believe I have. Shook hands with him, passed the amenities, and then he said these words which reveal the great tragedy of the church world today. He said, having met Pastor Johnson, we need someone to do all the things we don't want to do. In that statement is revealed the mentality of the church world at large at present. You never allow anyone else to have ministry. You simply bring a flunky on that you can get to do all the things that you don't want to do. But my friend, you will never have a son nor ever develop a son to maturity until you understand it until it is, comes a realization inside of you that what we need is not someone to do all the things that we want, don't want to do. What we need are sons and daughters that we can pass on should Jesus carry the heritage that has been placed into our hands that the next generation shall know the touch of God should Jesus carry. Bound up in the selfishness of the family of God in the church of Jesus Christ in generations past have been men that were mightily used of God but failed to apprehend and failed to realize this tremendous truth that there is a heritage in perpetuation and the greatest joy we can ever have is not that we have monkeys within the family of God but that we have sons and daughters that are brought to maturity that we can pass the heritage of divine revelation and to their generation they can bring the good news that Jesus Christ is alive and is saving sinners can you say amen John the Apostle said these tremendous words this morning I have no greater joy 
than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Beloved, there's a heritage to perpetuation. That heritage is wrapped up in all that God has given to us. In all that God passes to us, there is a linking together of the generations. But the generations shall never be linked together unless you and I understand that there's something vital about the past that has been passed to us that we pass on, we refine, we exemplify, we bring to fuller revelation, we bring to fuller exemplarship and pass on that heritage to the generation that shall come after if Jesus tarries. I have one final thought from this passage of Scripture, and that is the dominion for perpetuation. Brother preached last evening on dominion. He'll continue this evening on dominion. I've ministered a great deal about dominion. We're hearing a great deal about dominion because God is revealing back to the church some of the keys of dominion. Jesus said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of God. Those keys lie in our understanding the precepts and the principles of dominion. And this morning we are on one principle of that dominion, and that dominion rests upon the very thing that I've been talking about, perpetuation. See, God's order is the key for dominion. And in this passage of Scripture that we read in Ephesians 6 is one of the commandments quoted. says, Honor thy father and thy mother that your days may be long upon the land, and it may be well with thee. When we lose longevity, we lose blessing. That's a literal translation of that passage of Scripture. See, it is ever the drive of youth, and I thank God for this congregation that from the very beginning our young people began to relate unto the generation that was past taking from them that which was valuable, that which was exalting, that which was exemplary, and incorporating it under the fresh revelation that they had of Jesus Christ. Because when you lose longevity, you lose blessing. There is something powerful in the revelation of God that unless we link the present with the past, we lose blessing. I was saved in the revival of the 50s. In the revival of the 50s was the, the days of tent crusades. There was tents in every major city in America and in most of the smaller ones. There was a tremendous move of God. Thousands were healed. Thousands were saved. A great surge of revival swept across America. Please stop your tape now. Turn it over and play the other side. That mistake was the very thing that we're talking about this morning because any generation that loses God's order destroys itself. That generation said the old fogies don't have a clue. All the earth's a drag to the things of God. We've got the present generation. This is a now generation. We're going to move. And they broke the ties with the generation of the past lost the wisdom that was available to them, lost the guidelines and the flow, and that generation destroyed itself. 
and went into error and went into false doctrine and went into a complete deviation from the purposes of God because it broke the link, the valuable link that came with perpetuation in the family of God. See, Paul in the Corinthian church, see, this is just as old, this happens over and over and over again in the Corinthian church. The epistles to the Corinthians are written out of a circumstance where Paul had had a tremendous moving of God's Spirit. He had pioneered and made impact in that, and the church was planted and began to flourish and function, and then Paul went on to other places to evangelize, and then there came in instructors and teachers that came in and said, this guy Paul's a turkey. How many of you ever read Corinthians? Let's see your hands. You recognize some of the things. They said, he's not, he's, not a, he's not a real apostle or a real man. He's a turkey. Cut him loose. We've got that. And off they went. And Paul writes Corinthians to say to them, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you have not many fathers. Now, he said, I've got some wisdom that takes priority over anything that may be presently happening. And as your father in the faith, I link to you a responsibility. And he appeals to this motivation to honor father and mother so that they receive the wisdom that they have. They link to the revelation of the father that had fathered and saves them from destruction. Now, you see, in the Word of God... There's something about dominion that has to do with perpetuation. And when we forget that dominion responds and dominion rests upon perpetuation, we lose one of the powerful factors that cause the Church of Jesus Christ stability, cause it continuity, and causes it to stand in the next generation. Any congregation that does not embrace the family principle within its uh, family and continue to perpetuate and propagate after the family principle that I am talking about will never last until the next generation. But someday people will come along and say, I wonder what strange people worshipped in the four square church in Preston. Because there's something about dominion, lasting dominion, that rests upon the principle of perpetuation. And as a matter of fact, the future of the kingdom of God rests on this very precept, honor thy father and thy mother. The psalm said, they shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. This is the inheritance of dominion. And this is the hope of a godly seed that in the dominion of perpetuation, we raise up a godly seed that shall powerfully stand in the enemy's gate and shall declare the kingdom of God and establish the dominion. The New English Bible, or rather the Living Bible, says in Psalms 127, 4-8, Children born to a young man are like sharp arrows to defend him. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. That man shall have the help he needs when arguing with his enemies. Now we're talking this morning about an established authority and dominion that secures the kingdom business. This is the reason Absalom is a tragedy in the Word of God. Absalom had talent. Absalom had power. Absalom had personality. Absalom had ability. But one thing Absalom lacked was he did not appreciate the full understanding of family, and he forgot that dominion rests upon perpetuation 
that we're speaking of this morning. And the scripture says this morning that because of that, though Absalom could have had blessing and inheritance, though Absalom could have had uh, kingdom blessing and inheritance, uh, that he violated uh, and he lost the blessing that was his, he lost the dominion that would have been his, he lost the inheritance uh, that would have been his, and his name is written down as a tragedy, and he's buried underneath a pile of rocks today. His bones lie there because Absalom forgot the principle that we're talking about, that dominion, lasting dominion, the only lasting dominion, rests upon on perpetuation. See, what God is doing on the earth today, beloved, is linked to this present thought. For in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are, begin, are again discovering the value of the family. In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, there is a balanced authority and a balanced role coming in the family. For the first time since I've been saved, I see men standing becoming the heads of their household. I was raised in churches where the only thing that even looked like a male <clears throat> wore a dress. But thank God for the Word and the Spirit. For today there's an understanding coming back to the family. There's an understanding coming back to the church uh, that the only hope of the church lies in heads of households standing up and becoming a man. And in becoming a man, taking the responsibility that is theirs in family, reestablishing the family role, the woman fitting into her place in the family as the helpmeet, and they together bringing an expression into their family that is expressed into the larger community of the body of Jesus Christ, and thereby a strength and a power is being reestablished, and the restoration of the family is something that the Spirit of God is doing today that goes far beyond the words that I've just spoken. This is prophecy. Malachi says these words, Behold, I shall send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. You and I know that this prophecy, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, said John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist came, Jesus said, This is Elijah, which was for to come. And as a forerunner, he was bringing forth the good news of the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God is the establishing of the family. And in the establishing of the family, we find the restoration and the linking together with the generation that God is looking for in which he can find a laboratory and he can find an expression of divine revelation that has impact that shall carry the church through unto the ending of the age. Joel says these words, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, 
and upon the servants and the handmaidens uh, will I pour out of my spirit in those days. Here's the entire households uh, that are going to be the recipient of this glorious outpouring of the Spirit of God that comes with Jesus Christ. Entire household, including the hired servants, are to become the recipient. The entire household is to be brought into this glorious ministry of restoration of family in the purposes of God. In this principle is the acceleration. And this is why that it is prophesied that a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Because in the restoration of the family, in the restoration of the family and its principles carried into the kingdom of God and in the church of Jesus Christ rests a powerful factor that accelerates God's revelation and is working in the spirit that shall cause God's gospel to go around to the ends of the earth and a quick work will the Lord make upon the earth. Now this morning as we're seated here, God's working upon the earth did not begin with us. See, young people who are saved with the Holy Ghost and begin to minister in the Holy Spirit and God's blessing begins to come upon them have a tendency to, as those of old, say, the world began with my advent. Those old fogies that gone before, they have nothing to say to me. Well, those old fogies have a couple of things to say. For instance, it's a tremendous blessing to me to pick up Adam Clark, who lived a hundred years ago, and write the tremendous blessings and revelation that this man of God labored a lifetime to produce. And I can pick it up, open it, and have it in my fingertip, and say, yeah, that's what that means, and come in here and preach it to you, and you say, glory to God, that came straight from him. Our pastor is a great revelator. Now, he didn't have all the insight on some things, and I have to freshen up a few things, but thank God for the insight he did have. Because I can put that with the insight that I have, and, and God is giving by revelation of the Holy Spirit, and it makes great impact upon my soul that blesses others. Can you say amen? We had an interesting little event in our household last week. We occasionally go out target practicing, and so... Uh, it was gun cleaning time. And so we had a cleaning rod, and my boy was there, and this is no detriment to him. It's just something the experience doesn't know. So he's cleaning a uh, pistol, a uh, twenty-two pistol, and I said, Now, Greg, you have to be real careful, son, with that cleaning rod, because it'll go sideways and you'll break it off. I said, Yes, sir. Not having any clue about what he's even talking about. Put the pressure on it, and it went... I said, son, the reason I told you that wasn't because I didn't want you to have any fun. It's because I have broke off cleaning rods. And I was just trying to save that one. See, sometimes as younger generation, we have the feeling that, oh, folks, all they want to do is just cramp our style. When all they're trying to do is save us some of the disaster sometime and impart a little wisdom to us that will save us on the rocks of despair and disaster. See, God's move on the earth did not begin, friend, with you and I. 
but the eternal and the historical now flow together prophetically in the present, linking it to the future in God's purposes of redemption for eternity. You and I are not a generation unto ourselves. You and I in this assembly are not an assembly that is peculiar in all the earth. My friend, we are linked together with all the fathers that have gone before us, and we can have value in what they have to say, taking with it the fresh revelation that we have and linking together in the generation, bringing God's full revelation unto fruition for His purposes of redemption upon the earth. Family is one of the most powerful revelations in, in the Word of God. There's something here about perpetuation. There's something here about continuity. There's something here about linking. There's something here about flow that God has prophesied that when you and I get balance in, honor thy father and mother. This doesn't mean that we quit thinking for ourselves. It does not mean that we cease to be individuals that function after our own motion or motivation, but it means, beloved, that you and I link together the present with the past because you and I are the children of prophecy. We're the fulfillment of the prophecies that have gone, and when we get this in order, God can do the full scope of what he's trying to do in the earth today, and it rests in this understanding of family. While our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed, and sisters playing on the organ this morning, family is a powerful, powerful factor. There isn't any of us that, at one time or another, have violated all the principles that I'm talking about this morning. Perhaps as the children of God, in the family of God, we have or are violating the very principles that I proclaim. Perhaps here this morning, looking back to the human family, you fail to realize, see, the Church of Jesus Christ is no detriment to family. The Church of Jesus Christ is no danger to family. The Church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the family. For in the Church of Jesus Christ, the family finds reference, the family finds perpetuation, the family finds continuity. The promise is, Thou shalt be saved and thy house. Translated, that means thou shalt be saved and thy family. God's promise is that when you and I find God's order, See, there are people here this morning who are brokenhearted because this principle has been violated. The family role has been violated. Women have been acting like men and men have been acting like women. And it's a curse of our generation is the crossing of the roles and the reversing of the polarities of family responsibility. But I declare to you that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, God establishes a man to be the man that God made him to be. And with him laboring, with him as a helpmeet is that woman that God has called. And he reinforces, he strengthens and elevates that relationship to something that is far beyond anything that you and I can accomplish in our own power, our own wisdom, our own strength.
Because in that unifying together and in that hope of the family is God's eternal revelation expanded into the community, which is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the larger expression of God's family is the hope of dominion in the earth. Wherever there is confusion, there is an evil work. Wherever there is confusion and a violation of these principles, wherever there is a violation of the understanding of what I have said, there's the enemies working, the enemy triumph, and dominion is lost in a city, dominion is lost in a church, dominion is lost in a movement, dominion is lost in an individual. But God's purpose this morning is kingdom. And that kingdom rests upon the family. While we're bowing for a moment, there have been people here. First appeal I bring is that there are people here this morning that are not saved. Maybe you understand the gospel, you've heard about Jesus. Maybe someone's witness to you, maybe you have loved ones or family or relative or mom or dad that have showed to you the example of the kingdom of God, but you personally have never been saved. You have never been born again. You could not say with assurance this morning that you could mark a time when there was a dramatic and dynamic transformation in your life that caused you, instead of being a child of the devil, to be a child of God. You're here this morning. I have good news for you. Jesus Christ died for you, and God longs to make you a part of His forever family. There are people here this morning that have known the joy of the family of God, but you're backslidden, you're away from God and miserable this morning, and you're lost in your sins. I wonder while we pause for a moment in the Spirit of God in wonderful conditions, gripping our hearts. I wonder how many that would lift their hand right where they're sitting. This is between you and God. And say, Pastor, this morning I need Jesus as my Savior. I need God. And I'm not right in my heart. But I really want to know and have assurance that I am a child of God, that I've been birthed into His family by transforming experience of salvation. Would you lift your hand right there where you're seated and hold it for a moment? Say, Pastor, I need this experience. I've never had this experience, but I'd like to give my heart to Christ. I'd like to get saved. Would you just lift that hand there where you are and hold it for a moment that I may see it, God may see it, and I'm going to pray for you. Would you lift that hand right there? Be honest with God. Maybe you're a backslider. You've known this, but you've, you haven't been living for God. You haven't been assembling with God's people. You, you, like the prodigal son, have taken your inheritance and you've gone off and done your own thing. You haven't served God. Or maybe you've never known that joy of being born into God's family. Would you lift your hand right there where you're seated? How many will lift your hand right up while you're seated there in a moment's decision? Say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I need God. I don't understand everything you've said, but I understand that I need God and I need Jesus Christ. Would you slip your hand right there where you're seated? Man, woman, boy, girl, young person, older person, in the name of Jesus, you just slip your hand right there where you're seated. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I need God. I want to get saved. I want to get my heart right with God. I want to be clean when I go out of this place. I want the assurance that I'm a part of the family of God. I want to go out with the joy of the heritage and the inheritance and the dominion that belongs to me. Would you lift that hand right there while we're pausing for a moment all over this building, their hearts that God's dealing with, and you are not saved, but you'd like to be. You're not born again, but you'd like to be. You have no assurance of eternity, but you'd like to have it. 
Would you lift your hand right there where you're seated, all over this building, in Jesus' name. You just take this opportunity to register with God a decision and an indication to Him that you need God. You'd like to get saved. Would you slip your hand right there where you're seated in a moment's decision in Jesus' name. Amen. All over the building. Would you slip your hand right up there. Changing the appeal just a little. I'm speaking this morning to people who God has powerfully dealt with concerning your role in your family. It's no detriment to the man to stand as the head of the house. It's no detriment to the woman to allow him to be so. As a matter of fact, it is a compliment to his personality and a compliment to, the, to yours if your husband stands as head and you stand as helpmeet. God's been dealing with some this morning about moving from the human family on into the violation of spiritual principles. You're impatient. You're ambitious. You're eager. You have the feeling that Really, no one understands and that old folks just hold you down. But, man, your rocket's ready to soar. People just turn you loose and quit. The church would just let you be what you need to be, that your rocket would soar and you'd show this generation what they need to understand. And I've been talking to some people this morning that the Spirit of God has pierced their heart in an understanding, beloved, that dominion depends powerfully and is critically linked to your understanding of the principle of honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land and that thou mayest be blessed. Your blessing, your longevity, your continuity, your future rests in understanding and embracing with honesty of heart the principle that I've spoken about this morning. I wonder while our heads are bowed how many will lift your hand there and say, God's speaking to me this morning, Pastor, about what you're pre preaching about. And I've been in violation of this, uh, and it's, it's harming my attitude, it's harming my spiritual life. But I want, from this moment, God registers with me. Would you lift your hand right there where you're seated in the name of Jesus Christ? I see hands. God bless these honest hearts. I see hands. God bless these honest hearts. See, one of the problems we have as pastors today are young people that have never known what family was. They've been molested by their parents, sexually abused. They've come from families where there was no headship, where there was no discipline, where there was no family, there was no perpetuation. Everybody just was procreated and they went their own way. Some of these now are in the family of God. They find tremendous difficulty now understanding the principles of family as it applies in the kingdom of God. And they are trying to live in the family of God as rebels. Trying to live as islands in the midst of the family of God. Trying to live without relationship. Trying to live without headship. Trying to live as a Lone Ranger Christian. There's no such animal. And many of these young people who are seated here also have for the first time come to an understanding 
a family and it has blessed their lives and they have submitted under headship and have embraced relationship and have caused to, to come to their understanding and surrendered their spirit to the family of God and their future to their Father, which is in heaven. They have been gloriously blessed. How many others lift your hand and join these that have lifted theirs already? Say, Pastor, this morning I registered decision. I've been in violation of the family principle. I haven't really understood what was involved, but this morning, in the name of Jesus, I joined these others. I'm going to lift my hand from this moment. I'm going to correct the deviations in my life. I'm going to correct the rebellion in my life. I'm going to correct the false relationship. I'm going to begin to function in the order of family. Would you lift your hand and join these all over this building? Others, yes, they're going up. God bless thee. We're going to stand in a moment. There's something about family, there's something about honoring father and mother even in an earthly realm that brings longevity, that brings blessing, that God will honor. And if your family are in the church of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you there's something that you do not fully comprehend or realize that your future depends powerfully, your destiny, in being linked together with the reinforcing strength that comes from your family. And if you have a mom and dad that's living for God, you ought to every day glorify and shout praises to God. Because you have the opportunity to pass down to you a heritage of strength, a heritage of blessing, a heritage and a reservoir that will carry you into great blessings in the kingdom of God if you yield your life to Jesus Christ. Honor thy father and thy mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the land, singing 